0: Welcome to the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. All right, we're gonna start it off, just jump right in to what we're gonna be talking about today. We got... Three topics that we're going to cover in detail, number one being the best way to train when you're over the age of 40, Uh, the concept of green, yellow, or red days, and the best diet to burn fat, because why not save the best for last? But before we jump in, you know, we got to do the intro. We got to talk a little bit, because I know the fitness stuff gets boring, so I got to spice it up a little bit. Couple of things that happened since the last time I hopped on the podcast last week was uh, my girlfriend passed her step three exam. For for anybody that doesn't know what that is, if for anybody that's trying to become a doctor, that is a doctor because technically my girlfriend yes is a resident, is a doctor. They got to take a series of steps, so they take a step one, a step two, a step three, and then at the end of their residency, they take like the big one that's like the end of it. But not really the end of it, because then they got to redo it every 10 years. But she's almost there. (laughs) One more to go. So close. But big relief. Big, big relief for myself, especially. Instead of getting the depressing wine and chocolates and flowers, I got the celebratory You did it! (laughs) uh, wine. And we got some food. We ate out. Enjoyed it. Because screw a diet in those moments just celebrate it because that's going to be something that we both remember for sure i don't want to be the guy that was like "Eh, this doesn't fit my macros (laughs) Uh, another thing that happened that was worth celebrating is that we signed a lease for a new apartment very exciting moving in together oh boy getting serious um and we're going to be in Toms River, New Jersey. So if anybody's around, say hi. <laughs> uh, other than that, we got... What was... Oh, I'm all caught up on Housewives now. So for any of you that gave a crap about that, <laughs> I'm all caught up on Jersey. And this new season is wild. It is hot. starting off real hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. when it comes to Teresa's behavior, it's nothing I didn't expect, but... As for everybody else, Jen, I mean, if you're going to find plastic surgeons in Turkey, that that's all I can say about that. <laughs> or not in Turkey. It's the fact that she found them on Instagram, not Turkey, but because I'm sure they have good doctors out there. But the fact that your qualifying search was Instagram, that's concerning. But I can't really talk because a lot of people seek out their their trainers and stuff over Instagram too, which I mean, hey. That's me, (laughs) but hopefully you guys don't pull the trigger and do something as drastic as she did or like drop a whole ton of money without doing your due diligence. Look into their stuff. That's why I do this podcast. That's why I do the free Facebook group and everything. So you know who the heck you're talking to. You know who the heck you're signing on with and you know that they know their stuff. So yeah, (laughs) for anybody that doesn't know the one woman, uh, Jen, I always mess up her last name, but her husband's a plastic surgeon and because it's really not, it's like really frowned upon to work on your family members and he didn't want to do it. She went and got a nose job overseas while she was in Turkey and she let everybody know that she found the guy on Instagram. So if you're going to tell the whole world, everybody's allowed to have an opinion. And the one time in recent memory that I can recall telling you guys about something I didn't like on Netflix this is we'll start it here because there is a lot of good stuff but there's also stuff that's like come on just didn't it didn't hit, it didn't work and this was on Netflix for anybody who has checked out their cooking shows I know that Great American Barbecue one was awesome I enjoyed it but They try to do like a revamp of like diners, drive-ins, and dives or like stuff like that. And it's called Fresh, Fried, and Crispy. And I just – maybe it's the fact that it's so new and they're still kind of figuring it out. But the host that they got, like I think the guy would be awesome to have a beer with. I think that he'd be real cool to hang out with. But as for hosting the thing, it's like – it's just not hitting, I just, it, the big thing for me is when you see their interaction with them and the chefs or, and the cooks that are making them the food, some of them get along great, but then there's other times that you could see on the chef's faces that they're like, screw this guy. <laughs> like his big thing is that he's not a big veggie fan, which I mean, hey, I get that. I'm not a huge veggie guy until I met my girlfriend, and she kind of made me become more veggie involved, and I do do a good job of getting it in at every meal now, but this guy is adamantly against vegetables, so like for example, he goes to get a shrimp po' boy, and for anybody that's ever had a shrimp po' boy, like you need the lettuce, tomato, onion. What does he do? He takes the tomato and onion off, calls the I will say he is pretty funny because he called the lettuce, um, shredded water and the tomatoes were, um, what did he call them? The, like the red circles of death. (laughs) But I, I thought it was funny in the moment, but then I saw the chefs and they were a little bit like, all right, Dick. And that, and just the whole thing just doesn't seem to work. I, it's one of those weird feelings. I don't, maybe it gets better. I'm only on, I think, I got two or three down, but who knows? I'll keep watching. I kind of – you can't get away from the fact that no matter what, when you're watching something that's highlighting food, the food carries the show. And it's – I'm literally – my mouth is watering just thinking about like even they put a vegan restaurant on there and their stuff looked incredible. And uh, what else was on there? The Shrimp Po' Boy. uh, They went to a food truck that – does a lot of uh, Indian Spanish mix food, and that was that looked incredible. So, really good food on that show, but the host just did, he's not doing it for me. So, I'll leave it there. Let's jump into the stuff you came here for. First topic is gonna be the best way to train forty plus. This one was inspired by a recent uh, podcast that I listened to on the Joe DeFranco's Industrial Strength Show. If you haven't already, go ahead and check that one out. Sorry for the brief problem here. Somehow, my finger hit the stop button. So if there's a little bit of a lag when I picked up just now, I apologize. (laughs) But back to Joe DeFranco. Great, great podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and check that out after this one. He did a really, really uh, really good podcast with, you could call him a celebrity trainer, but he's like a very, very well-respected trainer in the field, and that's Ben Bruno. He trains Chelsea Handler, a bunch of NBA guys. I think he has been training Giancarlo Stanton for a little bit. Uh, Phil Rosenthal, another food Netflix guy. But great overall trainer. Like, I love everything that he puts out. And they got on the topic of training. And what they both train the most of because Joe DeFranco is a football guy but he also trains Triple H and his wife and they're both in that category of 40 plus um, and Ben Bruno trains all of these people that are 40 plus and they got in a really good uh, really good topic and they kind of just talked about training concepts and training variables that make sense for people and I'd love to just contribute to the conversation so the best way to train when you're over the age of 40 plain and simple is the way that doesn't hurt the way that you're not forcing yourself to do exercises that leave you completely crippled the next day or for the whole week you're doing stuff that in the moment it feels better like when you leave the gym I've said this before and I'll say it again you should feel better leaving the gym than you do walking in, and that's because you should be doing exercise variations that feel good. Or they're if they quote-unquote hurt, it's a muscle burn. It's not an aching in the joint. It's not a radiating or a shooting pain because you just did something that messed you up. It should be preferably a way that you can progress and make improvements or maintain your mobility. So when I say that, I mean if you're only doing like uh, – a boot camp class that limits how much weight you can use because they only got 20 pounders in there once you're done with like a month or two of that it's like yeah you could go to have fun but don't make any mistakes thinking you're progressing because once you can get through the class and once you can use all that weight you're stuck and that happens to a lot of people they go see incredible progress and then plateau so i obviously favor resistance training and when i talk about resistance training I mean doing exercises that involve bands, TRX, dumbbells, kettlebells, anything that or cable machines, anything that you can progress and add weight or add repetitions and you can get better and better and better every single time. And the big thing when it comes to the population, like no matter how old you get, it's pretty much anything outside of your 20s is... And even people in their teens and 20s, this applies to being aware of your body, like being aware of uh, past injuries, being aware of certain ways, certain uh, types of anatomy. So for example, the big one when I'm talking about anatomy that comes to mind is like squat form. So if you're going to try and force yourself into doing a really close stance squat, but you have really really deep hip sockets that's not going to go well and it's probably going to jack up your back or make you compensate or there's a lot of things that can go wrong so it really comes down to knowing your body and knowing what you can handle and since i brought up the squat we could go down that rabbit hole of the fact that i personally favor single arm single leg movements over double arm or double leg movements because everybody's different. Everybody has different mobility, different ranges of motion, different anatomy like we just said. And when you do single arm or single leg training that usually favors the angles that you your body wants to be in. So when I mean what I mean by angles is say somebody goes to do a bench press. If you're looking down on them and you are spotting them, and you notice one elbow's flaring out, one elbow's tucking in, they're squirming a little bit, that could be just general weakness, yeah, but it also could be different strength levels arm-to-arm, or it could be that one shoulder is tighter than the other, or it could be that they injured that one shoulder in the past. Now, if you swap the barbell out with dumbbells, I would consider a dumbbell in each hand like single-arm training for this specific case because the wrists are not locked into the path of the barbell. The barbell's there, you kinda just gotta work with it. Dumbbells can move around a little bit and you can get comfortable. That is a really good way for anybody to bench press, is dumbbells. Barbells are not necessary. Contrary to what your local bro at the gym says, it's not. Another thing that you could do when it comes to, say you do wanna use the barbell. For lower body, I love using it because you could do single leg movements with the barbell. For example, I do a front squat A Front split squat, so I'll have the bar across my chest holding it like I'm gonna do a regular uh, Front squat, but I'll put one foot back and tap the knee down like a lunge and then stand That's one way that you could use it and use one leg at a time. So for a lot of people This could result in getting a much better range of motion Because you're now using one foot instead of both feet so That one hip maybe it's a little tighter than the other. That's fine tap your knee, stand it up. And then on the other side, maybe it's a little bit tighter than the one side. That's fine. You may still be able to hit the ground with your knee, or you could throw a pad underneath or something like that and just use the pad and then work your way down that way. Instead of loading a heavier barbell onto your back, letting your hips kind of dictate where you're going, the you might shift to one side, one knee might buckle, and it's just like Why deal with all of that? I'm not saying it's a guarantee for injury, but it's like, it's not exactly great looking and you're probably not gonna get the best results possible. Pick a variation that you can get a lot of range of motion with that you can do it comfortably. Screw the weight on the bar. If the goal is to just lift more, 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 eventually you're going to hit that point where your body fights back and says, screw you, buddy. <laughs> I am, I give up. And then that's where injuries happen or you overtrain, or whatever. There's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. So for that reason, I favor single leg training. However, most people, when they start their fitness journey, might not be ready for single leg training or single arm training. Eh, I'll just keep it to single leg because single arm training is fine. Because most people want to just start with push ups because they're like, body weight's great, right? It's like that's ground zero. That's where you start. No. You start with a dumbbell and pressing it from the ground. So 10, 15 pounds in your arm, pressing up and down is going to be a lot easier than trying to do your first push up. So, in that case, single arm training, great. Single leg training, on the other hand, not so easy. So in that case, it would make more sense to do goblet squats, RDLs, stuff like that before progressing into single leg movements because even though it might not be pretty, it might say you have a very glaring asymmetry. In the short term, to get your legs strong enough to get to that point, it would be okay to do that. It would be okay to goblet squat until your legs are strong enough to handle say a split squat or single leg squat to a bench and it would make sense to do regular RDLs before you did a kickstand RDL or a single leg RDL whatever variation you want to choose so when you're first starting out if this is the beginning of your fitness journey start with a goblet squat RDLs if you're gonna be doing stuff for your arms do single arm presses single arm rows and build up from there because that can help. Because that can set a solid foundation and allow you to make tons of progress down the road. Sorry guys, I hope you can still hear me. The damn heat just kicked in. I thought we turned it off because it's finally starting to warm up in New Jersey, but oh well. I think that covered everything I wanted to talk about. Anyway, when it comes to training. Yep, that is pretty much it. (laughs) Next is gonna be, oh, one sec. (sighs) Had to take a little swig of the morning energy drink. The next thing is gonna be green, yellow, and red. And really knowing what you are at because One of the things, especially as you age, is knowing what your body is giving you that day. I can't even tell you how many times I've showed up to a client and we're ready to get going. I'm like pulling the weights out and they're like, yeah, I feel like garbage. And I'm like, okay, flip the script. We're going to do something that's a little bit more mobility based, something that's more recovery. and..." Then they end the session feeling better than they did when they started, and we have checked that box. But that initial awareness is what matters the most. You gotta decide when you're going into the gym, when you're getting ready for your workout, is this a green day, is this a yellow day, or is this a red day? Green being, I'm ready to crush these weights, I feel absolutely amazing. Yellow being like, eh. I mean, I'm not feeling the best, but I could get it done. And then red is like, I feel like death. I didn't sleep at all last night. I like drank the night before. Baby kept me awake. Something like that. That would be considered a red day. So that being said, if you're green or yellow, you can still work out. Like for anybody that's ever used something like a whoop strap, this is kind of like that zone where it's like you're you got the green light to work out, but proceed with caution if it's a yellow. But if you are green, it's like go for it. Just don't hurt yourself. <laughs> but you really gotta think as you're walking in, you're doing your warm-up, really gauge it. See like, am I good? Am I not? Do I have to just do an extended warm-up to find out? It, that might be necessary. And when you get in this habit of tracking yourself and being like, today was a green day, today was a yellow day, the older you get, the less green days there are going to be. It's just a fact. It's just, that's the way it is. And you can control it as best you can because when it comes to setting yourself self up for a green day, That means hydrating yourself, sleeping well, eating well, doing all the right things. And that'll get you more green days than if you don't do that. But as you get older, certain things are going to hurt more. You're not going to recover as fast. It's just the way of life. So don't expect a bunch of green days and be like, why do I feel like shit all the time? Like, I want to be able to push it. And you're like, sorry, you're not 20 anymore. And that's just the fact. And once you accept that, that's when you can adjust the pro- uh, program and really make it work for you. So it could help having in your workout, like a, a workout day and a mobility day. Like I have in my clients workouts, I'll have the regular, uh, scheduled program, the hard lifting heavy days, uh, off day trigger day, which is kind of like you get a little bit of a pump and call it a quits. You don't really gas yourself and then sometimes I'll throw in just a straight up mobility day. So the trigger day and the mobility day are for red days. It's kind of like what you prefer based on your personality. If you're that type of person that's like, I have to put in a workout. I have to get it in. It's like, okay, do the trigger workout. You're not going to hurt yourself. You're not going to drive yourself into more fatigue. You're going to get some blood pumping. You'll probably feel pretty good. Or if you're that type of person, it's like, I really struggle getting to the gym as it is. I feel like shit. I don't want to do anything. It's like, okay, do the mobility day because for those types of people, stretching is usually like, okay, that's fine. And then, like I said, green, if you're good to go, Freaking go for it, push it. Because the fact that they don't come around that often means that you got to take advantage of them. So If you have the ability to push it, do your best, give it your all, and then expect a yellow or a red day the next day because that's usually what happens. You get really high peaks and you're like, I'm feeling incredible. I feel like I'm like 20 years old again. And then you do that hard workout and you're like, I'm dead. I'm dead. And it's just the cycle. You got to figure out where you're at and then go from there. But when you can embrace that rather than like try and fight it and say, no, I think it's a green day when it's really a red day, that's where progress is made because when you accept that it's a red day, then you can do what you got to do and get back to more greens. But if you're always saying, yeah, I'm green, yeah, I'm green, yeah, I'm green, when in reality, you're yellow, borderline red all the time. Those are a bunch a bunch of half-assed, shitty workouts that you're putting in a lot of effort. You feel like you're putting in a lot of effort, but the progress isn't there. You still feel like crap. Like That's the never-ending cycle of mediocrity, which nobody wants to get stuck in. So think of it like high-low days. Charlie Francis, one of the best stre- uh, strength and speed coaches of all time. He trained the Canadian uh, sprinters back when Ben Johnson won say what you want. I know he took steroids. I know he cheated. But the fact is that Ben Francis is a hell of a trainer. And he had a concept of high-low days. So one day they would really push it really hard. And then the next day, they would take it really easy. And then the next day, they'd push it really hard. And then the next day, they'd take it really easy. And that allows you to adapt. It allows you to recover. And it allows you to make the best progress possible. So let's take a note from good old Ben and do what we got to do. Take what the day gives you and go from there. Last but not least is the best diet to burn fat. I know I've done a couple of these in the past where I laid it out, but this topic never gets old because there is still so much bullshit out there. And I'm here to fight it. Throwing the armor on. Got the chain link armor, whatever it is. (laughs) Got my sword ready to go. Slay some dragons, like for example, keto, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers, Atkins, paleo, vegan. I'm not a fan of any of these because all of them have one big thing in common, and that is they don't teach you anything. They just say, follow our system, and when you follow our system, you're good. And if you don't follow our system, don't be surprised if you don't get results. They don't teach you about how to like the caloric value of anything they don't teach you how to actually listen to your body and the signals that it gives you a lot of them don't teach you how to eat for volume instead of eating for taste a lot of them don't they don't teach you the basic necessities that allow you to hop off that program and still continue to see incredible results Because, I'm sorry, contrary to popular belief, a diet didn't work if you regained all the weight back. And what happens, I'm convinced, the reason that most people regain the weight is because they didn't learn shit. Plain and simple. They said, take the reins, Weight Watchers, Paleo, Keto. They said, take the reins, give me one rule to follow, and I'll follow it. And then they did that to a T, and then when they stopped following that rule everything went to shit. So, my favorite diet which I work on with clients is a combination approach of everything. So the beginning is creating awareness, which is like an educational phase. We enter everything into my fitness pal so you know the calories that you're consuming, you know what each f- all the food that you eat on a normal basis, you know which ones have more calories than others because sometimes that could be very revealing. A lot of people put their daily calories in and they're like, wow, I did not realize how many calories that one thing was. And it's like, okay, now that you have the knowledge, now you can actually control for how much of that you eat. So that helps create awareness. Another thing is the daily habits that we work on. So we do habit training where it's like for one week, you focus on doing something and then continue it for three weeks. And then every week you get a new one. So you have like three at a time. The beginning, these habits are really to build habits around allowing your body to feel full and feel what it should feel like. So for example, one of the big ones is getting getting them into a consistent eating schedule, um, chewing to completion, putting your fork down between bites and all these really good habits that over time, if you like stop working with myself, for example, and say, all right, I'm good. I learned everything. I've had people tell me like three, four, five, six months down the road. Yeah, I'm still losing weight or yeah, like I'm able to keep it off and I'm like, good, I did my job. I'm not like, I'm not a marketer that's like, oh, you got to come right back. You didn't do what you had to do. Come back, come back. It's like, no. If you do things that work, if you find systems that are the right ones, you should be able to implement them yourself, (laughs) plain and simple. I mean, it's kind of like if you go to the mechanic and they do the whole thing for you and every time your car breaks down or has a problem, you got to go back to them because we don't really know shit about cars if it's not our job. But let's say every time you went there, they told you exactly how to fix the problem. Then it comes down to a time thing. If you have the time, you can do it and you're in control. You know know what to do and you don't have to waste money making them do it. But to save you time, you still do it. That's like a coach. If you have no idea what you're doing and you don't know why anything certain things are not working anymore or don't work in general and you keep paying these companies like weight watchers or keto or whatever whatever your preference atkins vegan and you keep going down that approach and when you go off on your own you fall flat that's a problem you gotta gotta find an approach that allows you to take the reins, that allows you to own what you do, that allows you to be in complete control of your health. And this is why I think at the end of the day, do a little bit of calorie counting, even if it's just for a week, just to know, just to have some sort of an idea of what your diet actually looks like when you put it down, like you see the numbers. Second is work on daily habits that allow you to feel full, to be aware when you're eating, and to set up your plate how an adult plate should look, like get some vegetables on there, get some lean protein on there, and then enjoy yourself with whatever space is left. And if you want a full rundown of like all the habits and stuff, I put them up all the time in the free Facebook group, so go ahead and join that, or if you want, feel free to reach out. Email me, coachfits1 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk your ear off about it because clearly I could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> so I hope that you guys got a little bit of, little bit of uh, things, a couple of things you could take away from this. And if you feel like you've learned something amazing that you're going to take with you and you're going to implement it right now and you know somebody else that you feel like needs that too, feel free to send this their way until then, thank you guys so much for listening in. I'll see you next time. Go kick some ass and have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a five-star review and make sure to go hit that subscribe button so that way you don't miss another episode of the Fitness and Nutrition Simplified Podcast.